Well, there seems to be a lot of talk at the moment right around Australia about bull sharks. Once upon a time, the shark that terrified us all, maybe because of the movie Jaws, was the Great White. But we seem to be hearing more about bull sharks these days. Attacks, sightings, fishermen catching them way upstream in what is nearly all uh, fresh water. According to experts, bull sharks can very easily adapt to the conditions that they're handed by Mother Nature. And because of all the rain, a lot of the estuaries and the rivers and the canals have turned mostly to fresh water, and bull sharks seem to be able to adapt and then they're able to breed in these waters uh, without any threat of predators. So maybe that's why we're seeing more of them. A database collated by the Taronga Conservation Society Australia ranks bull sharks third behind tiger and great whites for the number of recorded shark attacks on humans. Third. Apparently, the sharks are able to thrive in both fresh and salt water, as I mentioned, and usually come close to shore after dusk and before dawn around beaches, lakes and estuaries in search of food. Now, You may have heard of the angler from Western Australia. The photos were everywhere. He caught and released a 10-foot bull shark near the site of a recent fatal shark attack uh, on a jet skier. Uh, Kay Boyle posted images to social media showing him posing with the Swan River bull shark. He landed late Wednesday in the East Fremantle boat ramp. Now, after the catch, he shoved the shark back into the river and he watched it swim away. And he says on Facebook that uh, he'd taken down his post because he'd been hammered with abuse from people saying, why did you let it go back into the Swan River? We've all heard of this recent shark attack of a bull shark, or not likely to have been a bull shark, a fatal bite on a 16-year-old girl, Stella Berry, in that same river. And marine experts have warned that more sharks are going to be swimming in estuaries at this time of the year. So what is it about bull sharks? What makes them tick? Do we need to be concerned? They seem to be a very, very interesting, I nearly said animal, but they're a fish. So we have found an expert. His name is Yuri Miller. He is a research fellow, the School of Natural Sciences at Macquarie University. And he has performed a lot of research and focused a lot on the patterns, the movements and ecology of coastal and oceanic sharks. He's on the telephone right now. Yuri Nayella, good morning to you. Hi, Luke. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. They're a fascinating fish, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Why? Well, they're not the only... They're, they're, uh, let me just uh, make an interesting comment here. Look, they're not actually not the only species of shark to live in rivers, actually. Uh, in freshwater? In freshwater? Yes. Yes, in freshwater. Yeah. So here in Australia, we have sharks from the, this genus called glyphus. Which they also they actually pretty similar to bull sharks. So when we catch them, they they look very uh, like each other. All right. So that shark by uh, could be mistaken for a bull shark by amateurs and anglers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I that's a very good point. But bull sharks and 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 these sharks that are able to adapt and live in nearly hundred uh, percent fresh water, they seem to be very aggressive. Are they? So that that's not one of the words that we use. So we've been with bull sharks in the water. I've been I've seen them in the water. Uh, aggressive is not really the term, 
so bull sharks together with, uh, as you said, tigers and whites, not only in Australia, but worldwide, they're the species involved in most of the incidents. So if we look at uh, all the incidents recorded around the world, uh, bulls, tigers and whites, they account for more than 50% of the incidents. So that's why we call them the potentially dangerous species. So aggressive is a different term, you know. I okay. mean, I, a person can be aggressive, but I wouldn't call a shark aggressive. But yes, they are evolving in most of these. They are evolving there. And, and, you know, a shark like a crocodile is really a dinosaur. And yet for them to evolve so quickly, it's pretty clever, isn't it? Yeah, so actually when sharks uh, appeared in the ocean, they appeared before dinosaurs. Yeah, right. So when, when sharks first appeared in the planet, that was more than 400 million years ago. And for you guys to have an idea, we didn't even have trees in the planet back then. Wow. So that's how old sharks are. So how have they evolved? I mean, are the sharks, the tigers, the great whites, the bulls that we see in our waterways at the moment, are they similar to the sharks that, uh, that swam in the ocean all those years ago? So the, the main difference uh, why bull sharks and the other species that can tolerate fresh water is because sharks, they have these organs in their gills. Yeah. So the gills is where they breathe, right? So okay. as the shark swims in the water, not necessarily the ocean water, uh, the ocean or the river, mm. uh, the water comes into its mouth and get, comes out through its gill, right? So as the shark breathes, so as the water comes through the gills and the shark takes oxygen out of the water, mm. he also releases salt back into the water. So the difference why bull sharks and these other species of sharks can live in fresh water is because they have these organs more adapted mm. to exchange salt like that. Wow. So basically, they can get rid of the salt as they swim through fresh water and then back into the ocean again. So before, we, we used to think that bull sharks, so basically what we mostly find inside of rivers are juveniles. Yes, right? yes. We also find, we also find adults. Okay, so we, uh, and that's not something like uh, recent. The, the point is that technology is so evolved these days that we, we're just recording shots more often, right? So we yeah. have drones. Drones became very cheap, like everyone can have a drone these days. So basically, we're just recording them more often, not because we have, we have more shots, but because we have the technology to record them, right? So if we look back into the scientific literature, we have re register of a bull shark, like an adult bull shark, being caught in the Colombian Amazon. So that's that's more than two hundred thousand kilometers from the ocean. So well, they the, really yeah. they really can live all the way up there. Yeah, it's amazing. It is just amazing. You you probably saw the um, the story about Peter Hassett, who was a, a fisherman that caught a nearly three meter female bush shark in the Noosa River on the Sunshine Coast. And that's a river where hundreds and hundreds, thousands of tourists like to swim every summer. Does that, does that worry you? Uh, not really. Uh, so, so you have an idea. Um, we, we've been tracking bull sharks in Sydney Harbour since 2009, right? So if we look at 10-year time frame uh, between 2009 and 2019, we had... Uh, at some days, we had around like 20, more than 20 bull sharks swimming inside of Sydney Harbour on the same day. And that's only the sharks that we tagged, right? So not, not including the other sharks that we didn't tag. 
and we don't get that many incidents inside of Sydney Harbour. So even though sharks are there, doesn't really mean you're going to get bitten. So seeing a shark in the water doesn't mean you're going to get bitten by a shark, even though it's a bull shark, a tiger or a white. Yeah. But what, what we advise is uh, these animals, sometimes they are in hunting mode, mm -hmm. and that's what is dangerous, right? And we can prevent incidents by, by taking personal actions. For example, I'm a surfer myself. Yeah. Right? I love to be in the water. I love to be in the water, and I like to be safe in the water. The reality is the ocean is a wild environment. You can't be safe 100% of the time, mm. right? So you need to take personal action to reduce risk. And for example, if I get to the beach, I'm, I'm, I want to go for a surf, right? I'm standing out there, and I'm sitting on my board, and I see this big uh, bait ball. And like fish jumping out of the water, you yeah. can see like the birds, you know, coming from the sky and like diving, catching fish. And you might see dolphins as well. So that means there's a lot of food. If there's food, you're probably going to have sharks, right? So the, the, the thing is that sharks, uh, the, they, they, they don't hunt us, right? So we are not part of their, uh, of their menu. And the reality is that uh, we have what we call incidents. So what happens is, like, you, if you're in the middle of, of a bait ball, uh, you increase your personal risk of a shark taking a bite on you instead of biting its own food. So what I do in these cases, I just get out of the water and I do something else. Like, I go for <laughs> a skateboard. I go, yeah, okay. I, I understand that. But um, is it true that sharks actually don't like the taste of human flesh? They, they might bite us because we're in the water and we're thrashing about, but it, I don't know. Is is it true that we're not that palatable, or is that just something I, I I've chosen to believe? <laughs> well, we don't really have the data to support that, so we can't say that's true or not, right? All right. But what we what what we believe is uh, uh, why we say that is simply because uh, if we think of a shark, right, it's this animal that's adapted to cause a lot of damage. That's the reality, right? And most of the incidents with people, they don't cause that much damage. And if they were really willing to attack a person, the damage would be way bigger than what it is in most of the cases. Hey, what did you think of that footage of Mick Fanning, the surfer, punching the great white in the face? <laughs> First of all, Mick Fanning didn't punch a great white in the face. Oh, oh hang on. <laughs> don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. What did he do? He, 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 punched, he punched it. <laughs> no, he didn't. What happened was actually the, that shark was probably cruising around. So when you sit on your surfboard, what happens is that your leash creates this loop, right, between your ankle oh, and the, the back the, of your board. The leg rope, yep. Yeah, so pr probably the shark was just cruising around and got wrapped around the leash. And poor Mick was just <laughs> trying, uh, like, he probably no, had no, no idea. No, what no, 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 don't ruin it. Don't, this is an Australian uh, legend now. He punched out a great white, and don't ruin it for us, okay? By the, by the way, I love Mick. <laughs> uh, don't ruin it. He punched a great white. He looked terror in the eyeballs and gave him a one-two. Bang. Mick Fanning, you legend. Don't ruin it for us. On the, <laughs> on the phone is Yuri Naella a research fellow with the School of Natural Sciences at Macquarie University who has spent many years focusing and learning about the movement patterns of oceanic sharks. Um, I always thought that if you were in relatively shallow water, you were safe 
from a shark bite. And then I'm constantly reminded of uh, 1963, January 28, Sugarloaf Bay, Middle Harbour, Sydney, and wading in one point something metres of water, thigh deep water, Marcia Hathaway, the famous actress, was taken by what they believe was a bull shark. Uh, do you know about this? No, I've never heard about it. Oh, look up Marcia Hathaway. She was a famous actress and she was taken by what they say was a bull shark, 1963, January 28 in Middle Harbour in Sydney. So, so the, the reason I bring it up is, is there a safe depth that you can go to without being worried by a shark or can they attack in very shallow water? As I was saying earlier, look, uh, uh, look, if you really are looking for being safe, 100% Don't safe. Don't go in the water. Hotel, look, you can go to a swimming pool at your back. Yeah, don't go in the surf. There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not saying don't go in the surf, <laughs> right? I love to be in the water. The water is great. The chances of you being beaten by a shark are very small. That's the reality, okay? Uh, it's not that the water is this very scary environment, like don't go in the water, don't do it, uh, you know? I love to be in the water myself. Yeah. But the reality is the water is a wild environment, and there's sharks in there. Do you believe in the netting of beaches? I know that when popular uh, tourist surfing beaches are netted, tourists feel safe. The councils have a, feel good that they're attracting tourists. The Chamber of Commerce loves it because the tourists are coming. It's all the premise of the movie Jaws. You know, when there was a, a threat of a shark attack, the, the mayor of, the, of Amity uh, didn't want people to panic. He wanted the tourists to come. And so, therefore, a lot of councils will go out of their way to advertise the fact that their beaches have shark nets. Do shark nets work? So sharks ne shark nets uh, are a technology that was actually implemented before Second World War, right? So we are talking about a very old technology, yeah. and that's what was available back in the day. And if we look at the data, we actually get a lower number of incidents in the beaches where we have shark nets. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not 100% sure uh, what happens, but what we believe happens is uh, the sharks are very smart, actually. So they might actually be able to see the nets and avoid going in. So we, it, people have a very big misconception about shark nets, for example. Uh, we, have shark net, uh, we have a shark net in Bondi Beach, but people think the, shed, the net basically covers the entire beach, right? So that beach is 100% safe because there is a physical barrier there mm. that won't let the sharks come close to you, right? That's actually not true, okay? So the shark nets in New South Wales, they are 150 meters in length, which means the sharks can still swim around the nets, you know? So it's not like a complete physical barrier against uh, uh, like physically protecting the beach. So the reality is, if we look at the data, the number of incidents, we do have less incidents where we have shark nets. But the problem with shark nets is they actually impact the marine environment because they're very unselective. So they catch a lot of other stuff. And as I was saying earlier, like this is old technology that was uh, implemented back in the day before World War II. And we can do better. We have technology these days. We can use drones. We can use actually technology to spot the sharks before they come closer to people in the water 
warn people and take these people out of the water before the sharks actually get like closer to someone. All right. Well, look, I tell you what, we've learned a lot, but I need to talk to you again because I have a feeling that the, you've only just touched the surface on all of this. Yuri, can we talk again uh, more about sharks and predators in our oceans and uh, separate the fact from the fiction? Yes, sure. I'd love to talk to you again. I've got to go. We're out of time today, but um, yeah, more to come from you, I think, Yuri. Thank you so much. There he is, Yuri Nayella. Research Fellow with the School of Natural Sciences, Macquarie University, an expert on sharks.